0: I'll just start off uh, with a scripture from Isaiah chapter 61, uh, from verse one, just the first few, first few verses. Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me, this is speaking about Jesus, he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And uh, just the part that I just want to highlight out of that is that Jesus was sent to comfort the brokenhearted. And uh, that is that is a, a prophetic statement uh, out of, the Old Testament, about Jesus, and it's a promise for us today that uh, Jesus has come uh, not just to uh, uh, deal with sin, but he's come to comfort those who are brokenhearted. And I think that in as much as everyone needs saving, uh, everyone needs salvation, probably every single one of us in this room needs healing of some kind. I mean, I've got a blister that I damaged my finger working on the car, and to some degree or other, you know, I think all of us—we all have bodies that are that are wearing out. <laughs> uh, we all need healing, and all of us need comfort. And to some degree or other, there's a broken-heartedness in all of us, and I want to speak on the topic of rejection, and uh, I think that it's. It's something that every, every person on earth uh, has to deal with rejection in some form or other in, in our lifetime. And uh, I, I, uh, I finished the series on spiritual warfare last week, I think it was. And just I've, I want to get into the book of John, but I just felt uh, I've got three kind of weeks where I'm rostered on to preach and I felt the Lord just drop this a couple of weeks ago into my heart. I preached this message. Uh, it's a three-part message. Um, I, I think it was during lockdown because I seem to remember doing it on Zoom. And it's three parts. So it's all about how God brings healing uh, in the area of rejection in our lives. And so this first message will be recognizing rejection The second one will be uh, seeing the provision that God has made in the area of rejection for us. And then the third one will be how do we receive healing in this area. So it's going to be a three-parter. This morning, my prayer and my hope is that God will shine a light in our lives and show us, hey, you know what, there's an area there that he needs to work on there's an area where he needs to bind up the broken-hearted. There's an area where there's a there's rejection to some degree or other. It could be major, it could be minor, but it's still a wound that God wants to heal. And so, it's it's my wrestle has been, if God shows that that we've got these these wounds, we have to wait till next week to see what He's provided, and then the following week to see how we actually apply everything that He's provided in our lives to be healed. But I, I just don't have the time to preach three messages back to back on a Sunday. It'll just be too long. And I think if we, if we are prepared to just let the Lord work on us during the week, the healing that He will bring will be even deeper. Now, I know we live in an instant society, and I know we all, we all want healing today. <laughs> But let's uh, just take down. If you if you feel like the Lord has shared something with you specifically, write it down. Pray it through during the week. Maybe He will share some more things, and then we'll we'll get into uh, what God provides next week, which is truly amazing. So let's uh, let's just come before the Lord in prayer, Father. We we just bring ourselves before you this morning. And uh, we want you to speak into our lives. We know that our relationship with you is of highest importance. Out of everything in life, that is the most important thing. And our relationships with other people is also important. And rejection can cause such a wound that it can really limit our relationships and hinder our relationships. And we don't want that, Lord. When you've made such an amazing provision for us to be healed... We pray, Lord, that you would speak into our lives. Holy Spirit, only you can really show us what's going on in our lives. And we need you this morning to shine a light uh, into the deepest parts of our life and show us what's going on. But bring healing, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as I said, I really believe that there's hardly a person, in fact, I don't believe there is a single person on earth that hasn't been affected by rejection in some degree or other. Maybe it's mild. Maybe it's, uh, you know, your parents forgot to pick you up from school one day. Or your, your boyfriend never phoned you back. Or, you know, maybe you had a brilliant idea at work and nobody thought it was brilliant and they shot you down. Uh, you know, it, it could have been that you weren't picked for a sports team or something like that. Those kind of things are fairly easy to work through. But there are other levels of rejection that are incredibly damaging, and time doesn't heal those wounds. And it could be that maybe you never felt like your father really loved you. You just, you can't remember a time where you feel like your, your father loved you. Maybe you feel like your mother never, never wanted you as a kid, you know, since, since before birth or... Since birth, you felt like you are unwanted. That can leave a major wound of rejection. Uh, maybe, maybe in your marriage you were rejected and you've been through a very difficult breakup or divorce in your marriage and it's caused a lot of hurt in your life. You may have suffered verbal abuse, physical abuse. That's caused rejection. Very difficult and deep wounds. Uh, to, and time doesn't heal. These things. Uh, You you know, I've been to some nations in Asia where uh, kids are dealing with the fact that they've actually been abandoned by their parents. People are so poor in some parts of Asia that they sell their children into slavery, and that can cause huge rejection. But the good news is that God can fully heal. No matter how bad it is, He can absolutely heal. Uh, us in those areas. I suppose you could boil rejection down to the sense of being unwanted. That's really what it's. That's the feeling you get. You feel like you want people to love you, but you just feel unwanted. You feel like no one wants you, and uh, you want to be a part of a group, but you feel excluded. And it feel, it leaves you with the sense of of, of feeling unwanted. Or uh, unaccepted, and sometimes a rejection is such a deep wound that even our mind just refuses to um, kind of go down there. It's almost like it's shut off in our in our in our minds. And I've prayed with one or two people where they they literally can't remember what happened, and it took a work of the Holy Spirit to actually pinpoint something that happened because they just blocked it out. It was so traumatic, they couldn't remember it at all. Proverbs 15. i just take these scriptures down. I'm not going to have time just to uh, read them through carefully. Proverbs 15, 13. A glad heart makes a happy face, but a broken heart crushes the spirit. So heartache crushes our spirit. Remember the Bible says that we are spirit, soul, and body. And uh, a broken heart crushes our spirit. And then if you link that with Proverbs 17:22, it says a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So a broken heart crushes your spirit, and a crushed spirit dries up your bones. So that's saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is actually so far from the truth. It's the exact opposite. Words can crush your spirit and can affect your physical bones. That's what the Bible's saying. Proverbs 18, verse 14 says, The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? See, you can be physically sick, in hospital but still be happy because it's a physical ailment but in your spirits you're still upbeat you're still happy but you can have the healthiest body and have a crushed spirit and the bible says who can bear that that is extremely difficult and the breakdown of relationships in society you can see it all over the world it's caused suffering in so many people's lives and, and to me, what's tragic is that many people who are suffering with rejection were simply caught in the crossfire. It wasn't because of something they did. It was just they got rejected because of whatever else was going on in people's lives around them. They got hurt by someone else, and now they have this wound of rejection, and it wasn't even their fault. That's the tragedy about rejection. I think that, you know, we've just been through a global epidemic and COVID. I think that rejection around the world is on epidemic levels. And Jesus can heal it. He He's the one that has made provision to provide healing. And, and Matthew 9 verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed, And helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The NLT says they were confused and helpless. And other versions say they were harassed, they were scattered, they were cast away, they were dispersed. This is the condition of humanity without Jesus harassed, scattered, like sheep without a shepherd. There's damage that's been done across the earth, and it's what rejection produces. It scatters people. It disperses people. And it drives a wedge between people. Even close friends, it can drive a wedge between people. And I think when God looks at the world, he looks, the wonderful thing is that he looks at the world with compassion. He sees the problems, but he has compassion on humanity. Isn't that wonderful? His desire is to heal our wounds and draw us close into his arms and just pour out his love upon you. See, this, this is the thing, is that when we have a deep wound of rejection, although God is pouring his love out on upon us, we struggle to receive it because that wound has caused us to build up defenses or whatever else and we're blocking everything out and struggle to receive the wonderful love that God has for us. As I said earlier, this is, as we go through this, um, don't just go, okay, well, this is the formula. I'm going to apply it to my life, and I'll be all changed. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit to minister to us. We're all individuals. None of us have had the same past. None of us, you know, we're all born in different countries, different parents, different uh, social statuses, all that kind of thing. We're totally unique in how we've got to this point today. So we have to rely on the work of the Holy Spirit to individually minister into our lives. Don't just try and take these as this is the formula of how to get healed. These are truths, but they have to be applied with the help of the Holy Spirit in order for us to be healed. Amen? So just let the Lord speak to you while we're going through this. The wonderful thing is that the the Word of God it says is like a two-edged sword and it 's sharper than any doctor 's scalpel it's able to separate soul and spirit I mean how do you how do you separate soul and spirit invisible parts of who we are yet god 's Word is able to separate the two bone and marrow it can get right into the parts that you can't see if you're looking at marrow you've got a problem you 've got a major wound. God's Word can get right in there, into the middle of our bones, right into the deepest parts of our soul and our spirit. So what are some of the things that can cause rejection? Let me just throw out a few things here. Obviously, this is not an extensive or exhaustive list, but the thing is, rejection can actually occur. We can have a wound of rejection when we're young, and we can also have a wound of rejection when we're older. It's not like this is something... That happens to older people or younger people. It can happen at any stage in life. When we're young, it could be you were unwanted while your mom was pregnant. That could be before you were even born, you were unwanted. And babies can pick that up in the womb. It could be that you just were brought up in a home where your parents didn't physically demonstrate love. And actually, there have been studies done that show physical touch is incredibly important to children. You know, they, I think they did a study. I read about the study where in hospital, they had two groups of babies. And one, they, they just didn't give them physical touch. And the other one, they did. They held them every day. And it was amazing, the difference between the two. Physical touch is incredibly important. You know, sometimes uh, if parents break up or whatever, or go through a divorce or something like that, sometimes children can blame themselves. They can think they're the reason for the breakup, and they, they beat up on themselves, and they pick up rejection, and it's not even their fault. But this is some of the things that can, can cause rejection in our lives. Uh, it could be that you just had absent parents. Sometimes parents for whatever reason, and we're not judging anybody this morning. This is not the intent of this. But, but sometimes one parent might travel overseas and work a lot and may only be at home, uh, you know, a couple weeks in a year type of thing. If they work on an offshore oil rig or something like that, they're just not around. And, and kids can pick up on that kind of thing. Through no fault of their own, and the rejection wound is just being uh, widened and deepened in their life. Or it could be that sometimes parents are around, but just not engaged, just not involved in, in kids' lives. And so rejection can happen from a very young age, as early as childhood. And in fact, something that I've found that is pretty common is that a lot of our deep root issues in our lives that need healing happen from way back when we were children and i think it's because as a child we don't have the defense mechanisms we don't have the knowledge of scripture to be able to stand our ground and defend and work things through a child just accepts anything it's given there's a scripture that in proverbs 14 verse 15 it says the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought I can't. Oh, to their steps. There we go. And in other versions, it says the inexperienced one believes anything. That's a child. Inexperienced, they believe anything you tell them. You can tell them, you know, the moon is made of cheese. They believe it. <laughs> and they just accept the situation that they've been given. And so a lot of times you can find that actually these root problems have actually started when we were in our childhood just because our defenses are down. And our enemy, our real enemy, the devil, never fights fair. He's never going to wait until you're an adult, till you've got all your armor on, until you are strong in the Lord and then say, now I'm going to attack you. He is going to use any opportunity he can when you're weak, when you don't know anything, when you can't defend yourself, that's how he works. He's not for us, the enemy at all. However, rejection can also be—if uh, can take root when we're older. It—it it comes in a different form when we're older. Often, it comes in the form of betrayal or broken trust. Rejection comes in. When you—when you're a child, you. You're born into a family. you just thrust into that situation. You never chose your family that you were born into. But when you're older, you choose your friends. You choose your spouse. And when they break your trust, when they betray you, rejection can be a very, very deep wound because you've opened up your heart to someone. You've made yourself vulnerable, and now that trust has been broken. And betrayal can cause a huge wound of rejection in our lives. And the thing about betrayal is you can't be betrayed by a stranger. That person walking on the other side of the street can never betray you. Only someone close to us can betray us. And the closer they are, the more hurtful the betrayal is. Just have a look at this Psalm 55, Psalm 55, verses 12 to 14. This is David and just listen to the hurt in his voice. Psalm 55 verse 12, it says, It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it's you, my equal, my companion, and my close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together in the house of God. Can you can you hear the hurt in David's voice? This is a close friend that has hurt me. And he says, if it, if you were an enemy, I could have worked this through. But it's so difficult because you're a close friend of mine. And if you look at verse 4 to 7, it says of that same Psalm, David's saying, my heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. He's He's so affected, he's almost, he's on the verge of dying here. Fear and trembling overwhelm me and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. See, David is hurting so badly. He's in such despair. What he wants is to fly away. He wants to get away from the situation. He wants to. Wings like a bird. He says, if only I could just get away out of this situation. That's what I want. That's how hurt he is. Now, sometimes sometimes people want to run away when they get rejected. Sometimes they build a defense. Sometimes they build up some walls to stop getting hurt again. The problem with that is the walls block everything out. They block out the bad and they block out the good. They can't be loved because the walls are up. Can't be rejected, but can't receive love. And so somehow we've got to put our trust in God that he's going to heal us so that we're strong enough to put the walls down, receive love from him, and forgive the people that have rejected us. Let's just have a look at um, these, these three different paths that, that people go on. Um, this is a very generalized uh, example, but maybe one of these things is just some, God is just going to say, "That's you. This is the person you are." You know if you're struggling with rejection, you might be someone who, uh, who gives in, like, like what we read with David, just crumbles under the the hurt of rejection. You might be someone that builds up walls, someone who holds out. You build defensive walls around you and you become kind of distanced from everyone else. Or you might be a fighter. You might be someone who fights back to actually keep people away from you (laughs) and not get hurt again. But the person who gives in is someone who gets overwhelmed with the situation. Like David, what we read They want to run away. They want to isolate themselves. They want to get out of there and just just avoid it totally. And it can easily get into a downward spiral of of negative emotions, rejection that leads to loneliness, that leads to self-pity, that leads to misery, depression, despair. It's just a downward thing. And, And what I've noticed is that Satan doesn't stop with one thing. If he causes a a wound of rejection, he doesn't leave it. He wants to keep going so that that person goes down, 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 down. More and more and more problems. I mean, David is saying in this psalm, he's fearing death. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. That's how this hurt has affected him the second person holds out they build a defense proverbs 18 verse 1 proverbs 18 1 i'll read it from the esv it says whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment now if you look in other translations it's there's quite a variation between the way People translate that verse. It's not an easy verse to translate. But I think that the the basic premise of this verse is it's saying isolating yourself is not a good thing. We need relationships with other people. So whoever isolates himself seeks his own interest but goes against sound judgment. They're doing it to protect themselves... But what they need, wisdom says you've got to to have relationships with other people. It's not the solution to the problem. Proverbs 18 verse 19 says this, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Someone who's picked up an offense, who's been hurt, they can build these walls up so that they're like a fortified city and they're harder. They're so difficult to repair that friendship. It's the person who goes on the defense and builds up walls so they won't be harmed again. But unfortunately, it, it affects all the relationships with, with other people and their relationship with God. I wrote this down. There's nothing wrong with strong walls, being a strong person, but you need open gates. You have to allow people into your life. Healthy relationships require people to open their gates and let others in. We can't hold people at a distance. Close ourselves off, lock the gates, being like a city that goes into lockdown. <laughs> And is unyielding. No one coming in, nothing going out. See, even on the surface, it might look like you know they are happy people. But sometimes it can just be a facade. Sometimes that's part of the defence. On the outside, it looks, hey, you know what? Nothing wrong. But it's just a facade. It's a way of throwing, throwing the the gaze of others off hey, don't don't worry about me, everything's good, praise God, blah, 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 blah. But deep down there's a hurt and it's just a diversion to get people off the topic (laughs) type of thing. But we need healthy relationships and and a healthy relationship with God. The third group of people are fighters. Their thinking is the best form of defense is attack. As soon as someone is getting too close, I attack them, so they back off. (laughs) Proverbs 29, verse 22. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. In the Hebrew, that that word hot-tempered literally means a master of rage or furious person. Commits all kinds of sin. See, sometimes this wound of rejection, this is the opposite way. It opens a door to anger and fighting and rage, resentment, hatred, and it leads to rebellion, actually, because if you look in the Christian Standard Bible, that same verse says an angry person stirs up conflict, and a master of rage increases rebellion. It leads to rebellion. Rebellion against God and rebellion with people. But what's surprising is that they could be fighting out of a wound of rejection. It's to keep people away so that I don't get hurt again. Maybe just, you know, while I've been talking through these things and dropping these scriptures, maybe the Lord has been speaking to you and dropping something in your heart. And you go, actually, you know what? I think there's a little bit of that in me. I think there is an area where I need healing in this area. Maybe something just jogged your memory, and uh, just just listen to the Lord. Let Him just talk to you. Um, let the Holy Spirit pinpoint these things in our lives. One of the great things about God is that He shines a light. He is light; in Him there is no darkness. And when the Lord works in our life, He shines a light in our lives so that we can see clearly when the devil does this thing it's in darkness there's confusion you can't see clearly you're thinking something's wrong here but I just can't pinpoint it when the Lord comes in light gets shone and there it is that's the issue there and he says we can deal with it we can bring healing to that thing there he's the best doctor we'll ever have amen Sometimes sometimes wounds like these, wounds like this kind of rejection can be like a wound where, where you have, all I can think of is something like a, a, an explosion or say a building that gets blown in the, down by the wind and a piece of metal gets lodged into your leg, let's say. The doctor is never going to take you and just put that leg in a cast and go, come back you know, a couple months later, a couple weeks later, and see if it's healed. The first thing the doctor has to do is get the metal out. He can't leave the metal in. And I think that's what God wants to do with our lives. He wants to deal with that hurt. He wants to remove that and then bring, bind it up, bind up that wound. But he's not going to leave that hurt carrying on and just cover it over with a plaster. That's not how God works. He wants to bring a complete healing in our lives. And so if you're feeling now, actually, this is what happened. That person hurt me. This person hurt me. That's where I got rejected or whatever it is. God wants to actually heal that circumstance. And one of the ways we're going to look at it in the next message or two is that, Forgiveness is absolutely key, and I think before we end today, I would like us just to pray. And if you feel like God has shown something to you, where it's like actually I got hurt by this person, it might have been your mom or your dad, a close friend, whoever it is, you might, you may even feel like God has done wrong to you, and you need to get healed in that. You know, it could be that. I've prayed with people that have had to forgive God, even though he's never done anything wrong. But forgiveness affects us. Forgiveness frees us. It doesn't change the other person. You might, you might have been hurt by someone who's no longer living. That's okay. You can still forgive them and see freedom come in your life this morning. And if God is, has pinpointed something, I, I would like to close off today with just a prayer, where we come before the Lord and we say, Lord, okay, there's still some more things we need to see. We need to see what provision you've given us. But to start this whole process off, I want to forgive so-and-so. And you don't need to speak it out loud, tell your neighbor or whatever. It can just be in your heart, you with the Lord, and from the bottom of your heart, just say, God, I forgive this person. And we're going to do that again next week and the week after. Why? Because forgiveness is not a once-off, okay, I did that. I forgave that person 20 years ago. How many times did Jesus say we need to forgive? Seven times 70. What's that? 490 times. Okay? So once you've forgiven that same person 490 times, then come and speak to me. And if you've still got unforgiveness in your heart, <laughs> then I don't know what we'll do. But I guarantee you, you haven't forgiven them 490 times. So it's a mistake to think, hey, I forgave that person 20 years ago. Keep forgiving until you feel like all of that burden is gone. All of that hurt has been dealt with and healed by the Lord. Okay, so let's, let's just bow our heads in prayer. The Holy Spirit, we welcome you now to come and speak into our lives. Lord, as I've been sharing on this subject, maybe you've shone a light on a particular incident that's happened in our past, somewhere where we were hurt terribly. We were hurt badly by someone. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a close friend. Maybe maybe it was a leader. Maybe even a church leader. Maybe Maybe a sibling that really hurt us. Lord, I pray that you would just speak into our life right now. Shine a light on that situation. Show us that that's an area that needs healing in our lives. And Lord... We know how powerful forgiveness is. And we want to forgive those that have hurt us in the same way, to the same degree that we want you to forgive us for all our sins. We're not not excusing what they did. We're not turning a blind eye to what happened. But we're saying, Lord, we are leaving you To to speak to those people, to judge them if they need judgment. We're not gonna do it ourselves, we're not gonna hold a grudge, we're not gonna try and get vengeance or revenge. We're not gonna punish them by never by cutting them off totally. We're just gonna say, Lord, we forgive them now, just in your heart. If you can just pray a prayer and say, Lord, I forgive that person. In your mind, if you can say their name, just do that. One of the things I've found can be very powerful is just to pray a blessing over them. I know it can be difficult to do But remember, forgiveness is is bringing freedom in your life. We want to be fully free. We want to be fully healed. So Lord, we just, we want to pray a blessing over them. We're not excusing what they've done. But we are forgiving them. We're releasing that situation to you. We're putting it in your hands. We're bringing that heavy burden to you, Jesus. We're laying it down at the foot of the cross right now. Father, I pray that whatever's going on in people's lives here this morning, that this would be the start of a wonderful, deep healing that takes place in our lives. And I pray that at the end of these three weeks, we would truly be different people, that our walk with you would be on a level we never imagined, a level of intimacy and deepness and, and engagement with you because our walls have come down because we've stopped fighting, we've stopped running, that we can engage with you in a, in a strength of relationship we never thought was possible. Father, I pray that over the next two weeks you would continue to speak to us in our homes as we spend time with you, in quiet times, even at home groups this week. Lord, continue to speak to us, continue to reveal your truth to us and set us free over the next three weeks. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So next week we're going to deal with how God has provided. We're going to look at what happened to Jesus and the incredible provision he has made.